0: Hello and welcome to No Confidence, my name is David Merlin, I'm your host. Nothing you will hear me say is intended as legal advice. Anything that sounds like that to you, just consider something somebody else might do on a planet far, far away when the law matters. It doesn't matter here, I right. prove it on a daily basis, believe it. Every judge is as corrupt as the day is long. And if the government can't handle you with the law, they'll handle you without the law. That's my extended disclaimer. It's November 12th. 2016, a Saturday. Welcome, everybody, to the No Confidence Conference Call, where it's not really a conference call. It's just me offering some ideas, and uh, the most recent post uh, like of a couple weeks ago, Pete Hendrickson, Filers, indicted. Uh, That's a very important uh, message that... I, I like to uh, convey, because it's easy to get in trouble and it's hard to get out of trouble once you're in it. And so uh, you simply have to proceed with caution and uh, listen very closely to people that tell you you should be cautious, which excludes the entire anti-tax movement. Uh, they'll, they'll gladly get you in trouble and gladly squander your... Uh, your fortune your mortgage your marriage your job your reputation your relationship with your uh, your children and I'm at the other end of the scale saying you don't want a relationship with government you don't just don't do it because if they can't handle you with the law they'll handle you without the law and why would you want a relationship with an armed force that is utterly lawless so listen to that show posted on my archive here at no confidence five nine six one five now uh, donald trump's victory uh, profoundly important to america that hillary was not elected and who did we get instead brash show business uh, macho he has all that in his in his past and uh in private, I hope everybody understands that uh, you look at his family and his sons are not full of bombast and, and uh, hellfire and brimstone they don't have a great big uh, ego show me type of approach to life and none of that rhetoric flies out of their mouths so in private, uh, understand what Donald Trump is is vastly different from what you see in public when he's speaking to thousands of people from a podium or at the debates his oh his method is inflammatory at times but in private it's all business and I'll just bet you that uh, he's going to do a fantastic job. Now the big things that I've heard him promise it doesn't take a genius to promise them it's just that our politicians weren't willing to do it build the wall. None of them are willing to do it. They've squandered our borders and it's not even a border, basically. And it doesn't take a genius to say, hey, we, you know, we need a border wall. So there's really very little about his platform that takes a genius. Uh, The fact he's an outsider is what makes him so attractive. Now, uh, one area of expertise that no one else can rival is the art of the deal. When he sets about rewriting NAFTA, assessing our relationships under uh, uh, trade agreements, he's exactly the one I want in office. That's where his smarts separate him from everybody else. On most other issues, what separates him is just the fact that he's an outsider and he's brought common sense to office, but it's not genius. When it comes to negotiation, now, this I thought it should have become a campaign slogan as soon as he said it. A couple of weeks ago he opened his new hotel, the Washington DC Post Office, renovated to be a first class hotel and he said, under budget and ahead of schedule. <laughs> Our government can never say that. How long did it take government to do that? How much over budget? Every time. Those are considerations. It's where you can't really even budget in America for government spending because nobody knows how far over budget any project is going to be. But it's always part of the equation. Not now. He's going to he's gonna kick people in the backside until the project is done and they'll work faster just so they get out from in front of him. And faster, that means the... Uh, uh, under budget, on time. How do you do that? You watch. You do it by kicking ass. Business knows no sweethearts. And he's not there to have something drag on and on under a bunch of uh, union laborers that are getting paid by the hour. Okay, and uh, we can just take all the time we want because the bosses know that if they don't push their crew, they'll be fired and somebody else will come in and do the job. Because that That's the philosophy of a Mr. Trump. It's like, if you can't do this, you got to impress me. And if you can't do this, I'll get somebody else. This is business. So his business acumen uh, on site now in Washington, D.C., is a startling uh, bucket of ice water thrown right on the status quo. The standard operating procedure of our federal government, and you Uh, watch—it's going to be a spectacle of efficiency. He's got great people around him that are hiring great people to uh, fill out his uh, his uh, administration. They have to uh, hire five. Let me see what was it—four thousand people in the next seventy days. And a lot of them have to be confirmed by Congress. So, uh, uh, Mike Pence, uh, he couldn't have chose a better running mate. And uh, you're going to watch watch the focus of the federal government, which has just been jerking off for eight solid years. And you watch what the focus is now with trade agreements, budgeting, tax reform, lowering the corporate tax rate from 35% down to 15 uh, so that corporations can compete even if they're in America uh, that'll cause the repatriation of trillions of dollars that these companies hold offshore and uh, companies don't just sit on their money they make investments and when companies invest it creates jobs when companies manufacture things they support long-term employment So. Your children will be competing for $40 an hour jobs instead of $10 an hour jobs or $15 an hour jobs. Uh, the minimum wage hike in uh, in Washington State just passed with this election. I did what I could. I voted Republican across the board and tried to stay in the way of everything government wanted to do since uh, here in Washington they don't know what to do. So I thought I'd step in front of them, but so anyway, on on the topic of federal governance, you're going to if you mark the day down right now and watch the news for uh, stories about how the new administration is forming, what they intend to do. You've got a great example of what not to do for eight solid years, and now it's a paradigm shift to the opposite. The pendulum swung the other direction and uh, it'll be a great learning lesson for everybody to uh, focus now on just what kind of changes he's going to make and uh, keep uh, keep stay tuned in and keep track of it really it's a paradigm shift now everybody knows that my pet peeve is income taxation and the irs and the differences between the tax code and the IRS meaning the IRS breaks the law it lives in violation of the law and so of course um, to fulfill my civic duty uh, obligations i will file with the president in the first week after inauguration uh... the last week in january of twenty seventeen I will file a criminal complaint with the President and probably key members of Congress. They should have the chair positions of the uh, relevant committees in Congress uh, chosen and seated by that time. And so uh, probably the House Judiciary Committee, the Committee on Government Reform, and the Joint Committee on Taxation, as well as the President. They're going to get a criminal complaint from me about how the IRS is in violation of the law each and every day. Uh, The uh, Hybertson lawsuit in South Dakota, that was, uh, let's see, time flies. uh, That was filed, gosh, was that uh, May? I think it was filed in May of 2015. And uh, they said, oh, you, you lack article 3 standing and don't amend your lawsuit because your your issues are frivolous well we didn't get a hearing on the issues the government didn't have to file a uh, responsive briefing and I just saw a federal bankruptcy ruling over a tax issue citing the Hybertson case your issues are frivolous we didn't get a hearing on the issue and here's a bankruptcy judge, a federal judge, citing the Hybridson decision and it's quote, saying your issues are frivolous and they are um, arguments that the courts have often rejected. Show me. I showed you the decisions in the memorandum this, this guy filed in his bankruptcy case. The memorandum, and uh, anybody that's joined my criminal complaint to Congress has this memorandum, It contains the cases that have dealt with the issue, the challenge, that citizens of the United States are only named in regulation. And I quoted both of those decisions in that memorandum. And this judge, in the Hybertson case, just stands back and says, "Uh, don't file an amended complaint because your issues are frivolous. When we didn't even get a hearing on it, and the courts have often uh, rejected these issues. No, they haven't. I showed you the only two a uh, three in existence. In Texas 2005, the government asked for a protective order against the brief and got it. In U.S. versus Arant, Seattle 2008, uh, the judge said, oh, uh, the authority uh, to impose these taxes exists, even if you don't believe it, and cites a case that relies on Section 6201. That's assessment authority. I'm talking about how the taxes are imposed, not how they're assessed. So he dodged that and in 2008, US versus Warner a tax criminal case in Alaska. Oh, he's claiming to be a non-resident alien. No he's not. He's claiming to be a citizen of the United States for the moment to show you that citizens of the United States are only named in regulation and the judge signed off on the government's brief, Now he's claiming to be a as resident alien. So don't tell me the courts have often rejected this. And they're quoting the Heibertson decision where we didn't even get a hearing on the issues, an exchange of briefs. Sound like something I've said before? Yeah, my disclaimer, every judge is as corrupt as the day is long. So there's only one thing about Trump that impresses me. It's refreshing that he's an outsider. But there are a lot of outsiders that knew about these problems. What impresses me is his ability to renegotiate trade, lower taxes, and bring back manufacturing. Great. Fantastic. Wonderful. But to impress me, you're going to get a criminal complaint, Mr. Trump, from David Merlin, and I'm going to prove to you that the IRS lives in violation of the tax code and that the courts are half of the conspiracy. What are you going to do about it? Are you willing to tell me, Mr. President, that I have the right to arrest the judge if they don't put on the record proof that they have conducted a valid interpretation and application of Section 83 to my paycheck or somebody else's paycheck? If I can prove that they sent an innocent man to prison under a tax code that obviously doesn't even apply to us for very specific statutory reasons, I can arrest the judge, can't I? Come on, you can talk to me. Talk to me. That will impress me. So um, it's wonderful to have this great new opportunity, but I'm not off the job. And in the last week of January, the president and three committees in Congress are going to get a criminal complaint from me. They've ignored the first one. It's 11 years old. (laughs) New years of 06. New years of 017. 11 years old and Congress has never written a response to me despite having received easily over 200 affidavits of joinder from people that have looked at my findings and said you know I think I'm being deprived of section 83 too I'm a similarly situated witness to or victim of crime and I want to join that complaint as a co-complainant wow The, the silence is deafening 11 years old and no one can talk about it. Oh, we've often rejected this type of it's tax protester rhetoric. No it's not. I want a decision. I want the court to tell me one way or the other Section 1 doesn't mention anybody's citizenship. It goes on for page after page after page. The regulation under Section 1, 26 CFR 1.1-1, does mention somebody's citizenship. And it says, citizens of the United States owe this tax. Who's a citizen? Any person born and naturalized in the United States and subject to its jurisdiction. Anywhere they live? Yep. Anywhere they live, they owe this tax. The statute doesn't say any of that. And so, I want the court to either declare this regulation invalid or I want the court to declare that that's an accurate statement of something that's actually in the statute it seeks to implement. Well, we can't. This is... And we often rejected the tax protester. Spare me. See, see, the law evaporates as soon as you prove the government's uh, stealing. I'm not going to candy coat it. The government is stealing everything it's ever gotten from the individual in the tax code. Section 83 applies to all compensation. Section 83 says all property is cost. That means it applies to FICA wages, 3121A, FICA tips, 3121Q. So they're stealing Social Security by depriving you of Section 83. Because Social Security is an income tax. And it's not an unlawful taking. It's racketeering and extortion. So that will impress me, Mr. Trump. You talk tax reform and everything, and uh, i got bigger issues. They're not taxes. So please stop using the word tax. Social Security is extortion and racketeering. That's all it is. It's not a tax. In Section 1, the American isn't even named as a subject. They had to write a regulation to do the job. So, those two for starters. And if somebody looks at those, well, you know, that's sure subject to a lot to interpretation. That's your interpretation, Dave. Well, okay, let's go to 6201A. That statute plainly gives the IRS the authority to assess only unpaid stamp taxes, but they assess all taxes that have remained unpaid. Last sentence of 6201A, which have not been duly paid by stamp. You go to the index in the back of the tax code. Look up stamp tax. It'll say the 4300s and 4400s of the tax code. You go to those two chapters, you find out that's foreign insurers and casinos. And the IRS said, well, we we need more authority than this. And so they wrote a regulation, 301.6201-1A. We can assess all taxes imposed by this title. And they don't even mention the term stamp. So if that's all I had to criminally complain about, what do you have to say now? Much easier challenge than either of the first two issues. Very easy. Here's the statute. Here's the 1939 statute, section 3640 from the 1939 tax code, which is even more plainly written. Obviously, assessment authority is restricted to unpaid stamp taxes, but they assess any tax that's unpaid because they wrote a regulation. Well, this is this is tax protester rhetoric. We've often rejected this. You've never gotten into it once. Can you... Can you sense how utterly feckless and criminally insane every American judge is? It's obvious. The judiciary is as corrupt as the day is long. I'm making the same kind of challenge that the tobacco company made in Brown and Williamson versus United States. The tobacco company said, hey, excuse me, but the FDA is traipsing all around the country penalizing these uh, store owners for selling cigarettes to minors when the only authority over tobacco that the FDA has are the regulations that it wrote and you know to defend the government uh, the courts are going to bring out every one of their tools just as as many tools as they can and pick through this for every clue they can get that the tobacco company was wrong and the tobacco company won All the way through the Supreme Court. And so the courts, uh, the Fourth Circuit, Tobacco Country, East Coast, and the Supreme Court both wrote lengthy memorandums about the weight of regulations, the separation of powers, statutory construction, and interpretation. And it's all right in those two decisions. It's the book on statutory interpretation. Those two decisions and they said the tobacco company is correct. In fact, uh, with all the nasty things that the government has said about tobacco in the past, how dangerous it is to use it, as intended, uh, under the Food and Drug Act, if you did have authority over tobacco, you'd be required to ban the sale of tobacco tomorrow. And so, we don't believe Congress really has delegated to you the authority to regulate tobacco. And the FDA lost. Well, I'm making that same type of challenge. Section one doesn't mention citizenship of anybody. The regulation does. Well, I got an issue. And 6201, unpaid stamp taxes. The regulation, any taxes. So I'm making the same type of check Well, this is tax protester rhetoric. We've long, often rejected such frivolous contentions. It's that easy to prove every judge is corrupt. Every one of them, because none of them will get into this, none of them. The IRS comes first and whatever the Secretary of the Treasury wants to do to your wallet and to your life, the judges are in favor of it with challenges really that easy. I've made it as easy as it can get for as complex as tax law is I gotta iron down to exactly what they're doing to impose the taxes to double taxes more than one chapter meaning uh, you gotta pay chapter 1 and you gotta pay FICA or and you have to pay chapter 2 social security self-employed I know exactly how they're doing it I know exactly the regulations that need to be challenged because they changed the shape of the tax code you got a regulation under section 1402 that said this tax in chapter 2 this tax is to be added to the tax imposed by Section 1, or by Chapter 1. How are you going to do that? They're different citizens. You don't find it in statute that it's to be added to the Chapter 1 tax. It's in a regulation. How are you going to do that? You can't be both citizens. Well, <laughs> we we have often long rejected these. This is tax protester frivolous because every judge is corrupt. I can give them the simplest questions... And they'll cite a sea of case law that was argued by people that don't know as much and don't even concern the same provisions relied upon in my briefing because they're corrupt. So there's a couple things about Donald Trump that impress me. Uh, The courage to go to Washington, D.C. and do what he plans to do. Uh, That courage impresses me. He's going up against globalists. Wow. Okay. Okay. That's cojones. I'll give him that much, too. But I'm going to prove to him there's a lot of crime going on and uh, it's been going on for decades. So when you drain the swamp, don't forget this alligator over here. He's got my wallet in his jaws and I want my wallet back. So if you want to impress me, uh, drain the whole swamp. Don't just leave this corner over here for the IRS to exist as it is. 42 U.S.C. 407 says Social Security benefits aren't subject to levy. Oh, they'll levy it anyway. (laughs) They'll do it anyway. Who cares? And they'll take your whole Social Security check. In 1993, I met a woman, Elizabeth Chesterton, and she was a nurse, old lady, probably 65, and they were taking her whole paycheck, and they knew she, in the winter time here in Washington State, was without power to her house, and she was eating dog food because they took all of her money. And you're going to leave that corner of the swamp alone. If you're going to drain the swamp, drain the whole thing. Uh, This should be part of the agenda is to straighten out everything the government's doing wrong. There's a lot of things that need it. For the life of me, I wouldn't suggest that Pay attention to this before you help the vets. Help the vets right away. Do what you can for them. But at the same time, just as this president is corrupt, uh, so is the IRS. And if you, if you really mean it, drain the whole swamp, not just part of it. And that will impress me. So stay tuned for the uh, first week after inauguration. I'm going to have a criminal complaint. Uh, drafted a brand new one with the same issues uh, rebriefed to include all the new authorities that I have in support of the Section 83 argument. It'll be a combination of my first memorandum of 06, uh, my first congressional complaint memorandum, excuse me, uh, I was briefing this in early as a 93, but um, it'll be a combination of the original memorandum and the supplemental memorandum of August 27th of 014 and it'll all be in there narrowed down to just a couple issues it won't be big deluxe and elaborate like the first one but uh, stay tuned because it's going to go on record and uh, I'll probably put this one on the web uh, for free for, uh, every, I haven't decided for sure that I will but uh, it's, it would be a a great example to everybody of how utterly feckless the anti-tax movement has always been And uh, how really the IRS is different than the tax code? When you can prove something like that, you're now a whistleblower instead of just a tax protester. If they can't prove it's a tax, I'm not a tax protester, am I? I'm protesting extortion and racketeering. So uh, the first week in Janu, uh, the last week in January, the new president, Mr. Trump, will get a criminal complaint from me, and. Uh, I will have others on the complaint with me. And recall on the first one, a 33-year self-employed accountant and 33-year enrolled agent to the IRS signed off on my complaint under penalties of perjury that my treatise was accurate. He went and verified all of my findings. he says, yeah, this is how the tax code works and the IRS is violating it in exactly these ways. Give me the pen. And under a notary seal, he and I signed the same page of the complaint. So, I have the highest of credentials backing my interpretation of the tax code. And uh, this one's gonna go in, and uh, we'll see what kind of response the White House offers to this one. My name is David Merlin. This has been No Confidence. Thanks for joining me here on a Saturday. And uh, remember to download the shows in my archive at 59615, especially the most recent one. And I'll be posting this show probably by the end of business tomorrow, Sunday. Uh, Once again, thanks for joining me, and I'll see you on the next episode. But I want to say one thing to the American people. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did have sexual relations with a horse